0: Hello and welcome to a wonderful, delicious, delectable episode of Sideshow Frasier. If you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast about Frasier and one other TV show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and my good friend Jordan Wilson over there. How are you I, doing, Jordan? I'm, I am I'm great. I saw a horse scratching his little chin on a fence post while I was coming over here. We live in Texas, so it is common that you'll see horses riding around. It, it's not as common as it, as it was, I think, in maybe the 1800s, but it is pretty common still. You see some people out there. That
1: is true. Yes, statistically, people probably ride less horses than they would have
0: in the you know 1800s. Yeah, that, I'm just pointing that out. You know, same thing with bobcat population. I think it was a little bit more fertile back then. Gold weight uh,
1: population.
0: Mm, well, I think he's been dead a long time, and I don't think he was around Has in the 1800s.
1: Bobcat's no longer with us? I
0: don't think so. Is this breaking Golf news? Weight? I mean, pull up the... We're going to no, start no, this no, early. No, give no. Me the news I, I, I got to know if Bobcat Goldthwait's still alive. I don't why. think I've seen Bobcat in a while. Can you give me an impression? Oh, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. I, I don't know if I'm going to... Have be able to keep it going uh, he's still alive he's always... okay bobcat didn't die <laughs> no he didn't get too hopped up on goofballs in like no. 1995 he looks just like you think he would okay yeah there he is he's doing great sorry to all our listeners who thought i broke the news about bobcat's, bobcat's gonna be like, no you can't
1: believe i'm not dead
0: <laughs> okay, It's arnold sports i think right there <laughs> it's like, yeah i like that one yeah bobcat mixed with uh the schwartz uh,
1: that the, bridge is out uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. This is how we rehearsed it. Well, (laughs) we did four hours of rehearsal just for that. Uh, This week, we're looking at uh, episode seven of Frasier here. It is Call Me Irresponsible. I'd imagine that's a play on uh, you know, the song of the same name from years ago, mm-hmm. and is there a Call Me Irresistible there's song an, as well? I think Irresistible. Yeah, I think Irresponsible was one in like the 60s, too. Oh, really? Something. I so wouldn't I, doubt it. I think the Irresistible was a play on the original Irresponsible, and then maybe this is a nod to the original. I got to go do some more research. But when I was checking it out, and I was like, oh, there's another Call Me Irresponsible. It's a old song. It's an old from song. From like 1960s or something. Sure. Right? It's a throwback to that. I don't know. I mean, okay. I don't see the connection, but. I don't know what that song's about. I know what this episode's about, and it's creepy and horned up like a lot of (laughs) Frasier episodes, unfortunately. (laughs) Our sideshow is uh, Beverly Hills 90210, the episode 20 years ago today. Oh, really lovely title there. This is from season four. It is the eighth episode of Beverly Hills nineteen, or sorry, nine oh two one zero. It's Beverly Hills nineteen ninety three. That's pretty much what I was gonna say. I was like, "This is the nineteen ninety three version, not one of the many random reboots." uh, Or you know, BH nine oh two one zero or nine oh two one zero. It's its own whole deal. So let's get right into Frasier. First off, Jordan, Halloween nineteen ninety three. You were probably what nine years old eight years old i can't remember i'd have been eight eight because i would have (laughs) been about to turn nine yeah
1: i was about to turn nine so i would have been eight years old i guess at that point halloween 1993 i used to live in a kick-ass neighborhood that had tons of kids man great halloween uh trick-or-treating out there i mean old school like like et style like where you you know just tons of kiddos and it was the best and p- there was and there was a stereotypical dude that would always give out like toothbrushes and pennies and then there <laughs> and then there was the legit houses that you knew which to hit every year repeat years uh somebody gave us yogurt which seems <laughs> very dangerous to- you know worried brushes and pennies pennies. is
0: the uh alternate version of incense and peppermints that just (laughs) didn't quite make it to the to the final product they're like no like spice it up a little bit you know we know what you're going for but let's drug it out i feel you with toothbrushes and pennies but maybe we could get a little more edgy so do you have any idea what you might have gone as uh, when you were an eight-year-old? What was your jam back then? Pirate, uh, baseball player, yeah, what are you doing? Peter Pan, I think. Uh, yeah, Peter Pan? I are you a Hook fan?
1: I was a Hook fan. Absolutely, I was a Hook fan. Rufio, you didn't go you went as the pan man himself. Well, I didn't Robin go as Williams. Robin Williams' character from Peter Pan. I went as like a stereotypical Peter Pan. I don't know, my mom made my costumes a lot back then. I was the youngest of four kids, am the youngest of four kids, and so I kind of just, I don't know, they they threw shit together. One year I wore like one of my dad's old suits, no bullshit. It was huge, like ridiculously huge. And then my parents gave me Oh no, no wait. No wait. No, I'm sorry. I remember remembering that wrong. It was a different year. This year, I wore a clown costume, and then they gave me one of my dad's old briefcases, and my mom told me to tell people I was a congressman when people would ask me. And so like, it was a joke for them, and I didn't really understand it. And a lot of neighbors got pissed off. Uh, I'm pretty sure. They're like, oh, you think that's hilarious, don't you? You smarty little boy.
0: Man, I can't believe you waded so deep into the political waters at such an early, early age. You're really poking the bear there. You're like, all right, I'm gonna do this. All right, really politically active as an eight-year-old child. Oh, I I went as Judge Ito one year from the O.J. case, so I get it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I basically just went to one of those Halloween stores and saw a Judge Ito mask, and I was like, sign me up immediately. I need in on this.
1: I'm surprised you didn't go as as who was his lawyer.
0: Oh gosh, there was OJ's Robert Shapiro, Johnny Cochran, Johnny Cochran, Alan Dershowitz, Johnny Cochran. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, he had a good uh, Kardashian.
1: Wasn't Kardashian one of his lawyers? Sure,
0: yeah. Robert Kardashian was one of the lawyers there. I uh-huh. think he was a good close confidant. So I don't know that he like you know spoke much, but he was around. Is it
1: weird that after seeing the OJ Simpson like American story or whatever it was, American Crime, which was awesome, all those shows are amazing, but uh that now I i equate Robert Kardashian with with Schwimmer <laughs> like every time no matter what. Whenever I see or hear the name Robert Kardashian, I just think of David Schwimmer. And uh yeah, that's that's who that's who he is in my mind. He's not Ross anymore. He's 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 a lawyer that's <laughs> friends with OJ.
0: He said the word juice a lot. He did. He called him he, Juice. He called him
1: Juice a whole bunch. Which and- is a great nickname. That's it, one of the McElroy brothers, uh, the McElroy brothers' uh, nicknames.
0: They call him Juice. I wonder if Frazier ever had a cool nickname like Juice. We know Niles was referred to as Peach Fuzz Peach Fuzz. Uh, yep. in our last episode or installment of Sideshow Frazier here, but I don't know. What, that, did, what At it, this <laughs> point, did Frazier have a nickname? Did they say that in the last episode? I don't believe so. I, I don't think they said that he had a nickname. All right. Interesting. Well, in this episode... Call me irresponsible. It starts at KACL. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm falling apart over here. <laughs> it starts at KACL. Uh, that, yeah. And uh, Frazier opens by saying he's on at 425. Yeah. So I caught that na- too. Now we know. It's like he's got an afternoon slot. But buy.
1: sorry to jump ahead. Later on, we see Niles driving while Frazier is still on the air. It's a different day and it's dark outside. So it's obviously like 4:25 to like what 7, like 7 p.m.? He's got a 3 hour slot.
0: Yeah, he might go all the way till 8. He could go 4, four to, eight or like that, or three the, to 8. you're in radio, do you know how long the How long's a radio spot slot? It depends on how much your program manager needs to fill. Yeah. If they want you doing 25 hours a week of call-ins, yeah, you could do a 3 to 8 slot. That'd be Kenny. We don't know seven. Kenny yet, but <laughs> No, he, I don't know who the current station manager is at KACL. <laughs> They, I only know of Bulldog and Frazier. We, I don't think we've been introduced to Mm Gill or any of the other random shows at this point in time. I don't, no, not yet. No, they're leaning on Frazier quite a bit here. So Hank calls in. This is Eddie Van Halen, apparently. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Nope, didn't look it up. Oh yeah, I. I do a slight bit of research. It's not a bunch, I'll tell you that, but it's a slight bit. And yeah, this is Mr. Edward Van Halen. He's definitely dead. It's Edmont. Edmont. Yeah. But unlike Bobcat, he's definitely no longer with us. He's definitely I know, passed I know away that yes. for sure. And Fraser gets frustrated by the radio delay. So this is all on Roz. I got to tell you, Roz has to tell her callers <laughs> before she throws them on to Fraser, or before she even puts them on hold. That, hey, the next voice you will hear will come through your phone. Turn the radio down immediately. You're going to be put on the line. And they typically have, when you call into a radio show, they've got a feed of the radio station. You just have to listen to it in your phone. Right you'll you won't miss the show necessarily right like you you can hear them be like like, the show hey who's
1: the next caller like you can hear that through your phone you
0: just hear it uh in like kind of real time almost versus having the radio delay that'll come through your fm signal because it's gotta do all the technical crap or those watts blast out and sound waves do all their fun little stuff so
1: so they can bleep out your bad words
0: they well that yeah they've always got a de- rate that type of radio delay yes they've got a little bit of buffer so they can have some dump time how do you get that you... job can I have that job where at, at the radio station
1: <laughs> the board <laughs> operator I just want to be the guy that bleeps the words like the, is there a guy that just watches no. out for people that curse
0: well no that's the board operator slash producer's job but uh, on the tables at a radio station every host is equipped with what's called a dump button so if any host hears it I'm not joking. This is a big red button that sits right by your station. Does
1: it actually say dump? No, oh, it's okay.
0: like a yeah. Staples button. Hey, Staples, if I you want to throw not... some money. Okay, <laughs> not... Like those old easy Staples buttons yeah, or whatever. Okay. Uh, it would be like that. And as soon as you smash it, it basically cuts like the last five seconds of audio. It may be more. And you've always got a little bit of lead time in your show, but not a bunch. Like you've maybe got like. 12 to 20 seconds to play with. So you've got to catch it pretty dang fast huh. or you will run out of dump time without having to go like patch in another ad to a spot break or something like that because all those are typically, if you don't have a live feed coming up or anything like that, you've got to have a little spot set with ads in it. Yeah. But yeah so everyone... There's many ways to initiate the dump in a radio <laughs> radio setting there Wow, a little behind the scenes there thanks mm-hmm. for the insight the b t s the original b t s uh meaning there huh. I, don't, I don't know what the k pop band it i don't know if that means behind the scenes, but that's what I've always referred to it Oh, as. maybe it does it should damn it <laughs> now on to sideshow Frazier. i. <laughs> This is an outstanding episode. Hank's called in. Frazier's already ticked off. And then we get Marco, voiced by Bruno Kirby yep. here. And yeah, you know this actor if you saw his face. You don't see his face here because it's Frazier, obviously.
1: I definitely, you recognize his voice straight away. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the
0: kind of guy that, like, now you're like, oh, shit, who is that? I know who
1: that is. I've got to Google it. I Googled it. And because I thought it's almost like a Joe Pesci kind of voice, right? You're yes. like, it's, you kind of see his face and you're like, it's not Joe Pesci, but it's this guy. It's the dude from Good Morning Vietnam. That's how I okay. know him. So he he plays the in in he plays opposite Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. Sarge, uh, pri- I guess he's private or I forget his rank, but Adrian Cronauer it, it's his character, and he's like this real uppity thinks he's funny but he's not he's a tight ass you know station program director for for a military radio station in huh? vietnam does he die
0: no god no no he's a good guy he i don't know die. what happens in those vietnam movies i assume people die he doesn't die he's just gotta stick up his ass <laughs> okay <laughs> well you know which we've is all been there yeah hey we don't kink shame on this show okay he, he so a, whatever you want to do with your rear end you go ahead and do <laughs> it's
1: kink shaming
0: Yes, he, he was in an
1: episode of Entourage that I just watched recently. So that's the most recent thing I recognize. <laughs> great him from.
0: story. Thank you for that. You're <laughs> it's a really good story. I know I'm people you, care about that. I'm glad you brought that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Did you write that down. You know, it's like, he was in one episode of Entourage that I just watched. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, oh, locked, okay, locked it into the mental notepad. Uh huh. Like. So Fraser gets upset because Marco says he's essentially got commitment issues that. He's been dating this woman and, you know, he kind of wants to keep his options open. So he doesn't, uh, you know, really want to commit long term, doesn't know what to do. And Frazier's almost just outraged at the prospect and says, Oh, Marco, how dare you? You know, and just says, just break up with her if you're not man enough to go through with it. Or he kind of implies this, yes? Yeah,
1: he does. It was the wording that Marco used. So Marco was like, I'm just waiting for somebody better to come along. Yeah. Which is obviously the connotations there. It's just like, okay, Jesus, man. like it, It's
0: tricky. That's do kind that of to a, someone. That's kind of a theme in our 90210 episode. It with is. one of our storylines, too. Where you're just like, all right. Some of these people are just like it's never enough or they feel it's not going to be what they thought it was going to be. So they just bail out on the thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what Marco was kind of setting up here. So how do you think Frazier reacted? Do you think you should have, uh, pushed him to stay the course or was he right in just being like, well, dude, just bail out. You seem like a crap human anyway. <laughs> like, so this is where, I mean, these are some of the issues that that are
1: kind of hard to diagnose on a you know four minute at max radio show call-in scenario i mean like if you're really taking advice like that and by the way I don't think that therapists give that type of advice unless it's gonna like really improve a person's mental status or state
0: like you'd be amazed man I mean I
1: don't know personally That's, but yeah, it's yeah. it you know it's it just seems like a lot like he's just telling him okay break up with her you know what I mean he didn't even give her any other op or give him any
0: other options really. some of them do encourage odd action funnily enough where you're just like <laughs> So you don't know what to do here. You're just going to say stuff. But most of the time, no. They're supposed to just allow you to talk and help you work through particular items Draw and identify patterns yeah. or identify, you know, things you might be doing. Like, recurring commitment issues this is a recurring theme with this gentleman he
1: didn't ask him any of his like
0: previous you know relationship stuff so so yes i would not a lot of context i would agree that in a four minute scenario i don't think it would be wise to just be like well break it off man get out of there yeah frazier's kind of a shock jock in that way he goes (laughs) goes for it he's the shock jock bad boy of psychiatry (laughs) I mean, I don't know who else is competing with them in Seattle at this point. If there's a, another one that they've established is like the counter person. Dr. Mary. That's the thing. I was like, I know that comes up eventually, yeah. but at this point, I don't think they mention like, no. we're and just trying 90, to beat these people. we got these rivals. I mean, you got Phil. Dr. Phil? Yeah, baby. I mean, I know he was maybe making guest appearances on Oprah, so he was starting to become a big brand. I wonder if yeah he competed with him a lot. Phil's terrible. No, if, no, I'm sorry. No offense to Phil. Yeah, but he's I mean, retiring. He's from Texas. Oh, he's from Texas and he talks kind of like uh oh, you not know, do it. There you he. go. You got it better What's than that me? meme
1: where I, I don't understand memes by the way. I'm too old for them, but where he's like Open the door, or I'm going to beat it down and throw rocks at your face, you dumb whore.
0: Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what websites you've been going on, but poor Dr. Phil, how dare you come on here and disparage him with these meme claims. I put
1: a video up of it on my MySpace, my MySpace
0: profile. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, you lurk in some weird forums, I think. <laughs> I don't know where you hang out. Somebody needs to take a look at you. <laughs> uh we so at the end of this Frazier kicks it to ross basically where he's like ross you're you've been around the block what do you uh another what, jab she, i mean yeah, on air jab calls her like an old spinster basically mm-hmm. or whatever where He's like you probably know the deal with these types of guys aren't they all just terrible non-commitment cats and yeah she essentially agrees but does not appreciate the Hey, don't refer to me as somebody who's been around the block Especially a lot of times. Especially on the air, man. Yes. Because it didn't seem like he was joking. He no. was a very sincere, like, you know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? You're like, jeez, <laughs> Frage, Like... How do you even know? Take it, take it down a notch, bud. Because where does that come from? I have not, to date, seen Roz like divulge a lot of that information. So is this just gossip mill stuff? That I don't know. It might have been on? that
1: conversation that he overheard between her and her mom. Okay. In like episode one or two, like where he was, where she was talking to her mom, you know, about uh, about, about having sex with a guy. Which, yeah. whatever, like. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like she's just dating
0: through. She's got it, you know. She's just doing her thing. She's fine. see. These
1: are the little subtleties, the differences between something that would be written and put on TV today
0: versus 1993 when we were growing up. Yeah, it doesn't seem as comedic nowadays. For no, sure. You're like, I mean, she's just doing the best she can, man. Hang with her. <laughs> Uh so then we go to Fraser's apartment. We see Daphne decorating for Christmas even though it's Halloween week.
1: <laughs> it's October 21st he said.
0: Yeah, uh <laughs> I think it's 28th when this one airs, but good for Martin. Maybe they tried to get it right. I like Yeah, he does have, or sorry, you're right. Fraser does that, say yeah. that later on in the episode that it's October 21st. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um but she can she's trying to get a Christmas card photo. And one of the things I noticed at the end of this is that This is just a household photo. This is not a, hey, let's invite Niles over and make sure he's in our family photo. This is whoever lives in this damn apartment is is. in this photo. And you're like, oh, Daphne really took the liberty of saying, not only are we doing this, your brother, no. Not involved. Yeah, Yeah. so I would take this as a signal early on Yeah, that she's like, I don't give a crap about that freaking Niles dude. Yeah, like I have... I have no attraction to that guy. I don't care whatsoever. He may be throwing it down, but I think he's creepy. Don't <laughs> invite him over Smelled again. my hair last week. Yeah, like, I, that's kind of what I got off this. I was like, I think she's not into Niles at this moment in the series. Oh, snap. Like snap. M- might even be subconsciously put off by him. That's a good theory. I like that. Frazier's taking a nap. You nap a lot? Not a napper. I'm not a napper at all. Man, one time recently... I don't know if my little sister was pulling my leg because she knew I was listening to a conversation she was having. Uh, But my mom, no joke asked her like, Hey, uh, how's your husband doing? Uh, He he used to be into collecting watches. What's his hobby nowadays? And she dead faced like we're at a baseball game. I don't think she knew I was listening. This is recently. (laughs) Yeah. Just turned over and was like, he's really into taking naps nowadays. (laughs) And I was like, that's the most power move hobby I've ever heard. Just like, na- well, you hit I a mean, certain age, I think, and then, and but then. as a hobby, to go from like I'm gonna stop making watches to unwind—no uh, pun intended—I'm <laughs> you know, gonna move to just napping. You're like, wow, Damn. like incredible power move. I love it. It it's you're a an napper. inspiring. To me. I try when I can. I wake up very early, so I don't sleep normal hours. I've got weird hours. Yes, I know I've seen email replies from you at, you know,
1: 3:22 in the morning. It's like,
0: Jesus, man. They're the ones who send it at all hours. It should be in a synchronous mailing system, <laughs> so like it doesn't matter what time I work, just it's an email. I didn't text you about this. I didn't light you up. So Turn off your damn notifications, or don't send high important stuff that isn't high important. Like you sent that at one twenty one in the morning. Why? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> if you were drunk, that's fine. I'm just waking up, uh-huh. you know, so no big deal. Anyway, uh, Daphne, after the napping thing, she's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, first just napping." She tells kind of a horrifying story she about does. her grandfather. She uh, does.
1: I, I hope you would talk
0: about this. Yeah, frequently napping, and uh, you know, her grandmother would be like, "Oh, you know." He's uh, just as He's much just... like a dead body basically or something along those <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> lines until one day he, he was. really was a dead body and she kind of like refused to acknowledge it. So this turned into a very just creepy odd story where Frazier should have intervened if he ever found out about this.
1: Stuff. Yeah, it was, it was weird. And then she implied that he was, he did become a dead man and that for, weeks her grandmother kept saying that he was just napping so does that mean after they buried him or like did they keep his was he undiscovered like she who thought he was asleep for a week or because that's kind of confused me a little bit it seemed like extreme denial
0: so i wouldn't put it past her that it was maybe even still when he was buried right but i think they're more just saying she just left him on the couch for like a few weeks and Just dealt with the stench or something. I don't know. Christ, let the worms go to work. I don't know, man. We 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 get to meet some of Daphne's family later on. Yeah, Mm. they're from a weird, weird part there. I think uh, East Manchester is that what I heard. I I can't remember. Maybe West Manchester. I don't know the difference between the two. Maybe some of our listeners do. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like a listener, uh, Steve Matoom. emailed us in about this and and kind of broke down what Cockney accents were and how that's in East Manchester. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Steve Matoom. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure Daphne is West Manchester, born on the other side. I can't recall. This is not bad. I'll have to pull it up. You know what? Screw it. I'll pull it up right now. We got on the topic. Let's just do a deep dive right now into things we got wrong on our previous episodes (laughs) we call this our mailbag there's got to be at least one person out there that's keeping track of this for us oh my gosh hit us up so so many out here that are letting (laughs) letting us know everything we're doing wrong uh and it's just incredible you know how many people are like hey guys love listening to the show i'm one of a bajillion listeners so far but let me give you a detailed list of all the things you missed. We realize that you guys are growing an empire
1: of podcasting and that your time is precious and that you have to you know, do all the things that are involved
0: with being superstars of the airwaves. I, uh, it, damn right, superstars <laughs> at the airways. You kidding mean This is world famous. I've seen our analytics. I'm like, look at this. This is all over the world. Can you here. imagine these numbers? And no, I really do appreciate hearing from people to tell us what we missed because I am going to miss a lot of stuff. So uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, you can follow uh, this gentleman. He runs the Fraser memes account at From the Desk of Maris Crane. And he, he writes in, um, Steve, you mentioned in the first episode about Daphne being British and Cockney. A Cockney is a person native of East London. Funnily enough, Jane Leaves, who played Daphne, was born in Ilford in East London. However, Daphne is supposed to be from Manchester, which is a lot closer to Blackpool, where John Mahoney was born. I live in Texas, and I know very little about what I just read. Wait, 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 wait. John Mahoney was born in England? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Her accent in the show isn't Mancunian which is, in parentheses here, from Manchester. Oh, It's more of a generic, slightly northern-sounding British accent. I'm actually from the UK. Not me personally, this gentleman here from the desk of Maris Crane. Give him a follow on Instagram. It's a delightful Fraser
1: account. I, I imagine his his accent's probably a lot more proper, like you would see on, I don't know, Game of Thrones or
0: something. Yeah, And that's where I'm really jealous. I wish I was one of the cool English dudes, because, like, all we get to compare is the difference between Savannah East and West Texas in like Mississippi <laughs> and like, yeah, like dumb forced Gump accent versus like Texas, you know, rich oil baron guy from the Simpsons where you're like, hey, we do this. And then you got, you're like, Dumb southerner, we're like, all right, that's cool. And then you got the old timey redneck guy, and you're like, all right, you well. You got that's the guy what- with his marble with marbles in his mouth. Yeah, and then you get all the King of the Hill characters, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, marble mouth like mm-hmm. uh Boomhauer. Yep. Uh, so our ma- our just American Texan Southern accents are very different than what I feel like they've got. It seemed very detailed, so I appreciate them reaching out about that. Definitely far more articulate than we are. Well, of course. I mean, they invented the language, by God. <laughs> are you kidding me? I bastardized this language on a weekly basis. That's yes, all I, I do here. <laughs> all right. Well, we ain't going to be stopped just because we're from Texas. All right. So Frazier comes out to a fully decorated uh, X-mas apartment here. So he sees all the Christmas decorations, they're singing some carols and yeah. he's like, "Dear god, how long have I been asleep or whatever." It's a fun little punch line. A little Rumpelstiltskin uh- nod, I guess. Okay. <laughs> 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 I thought it was Rip Van Winkle who oh, went to sleep. Yeah, I was I like, what you. the hell are yeah. you talking about? What if Rumpelstiltskin? Oh, he's, <laughs> he, he was a... asking for people to email us again and be like, <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, you said it was fucking Rumpelstiltskin. Jordan seems to get a lot yeah. of this stuff wrong. Jordan keeps saying Rumpelstiltskin. That's the guy who went and spun hay into gold, I'm pretty sure. And now the more detail <laughs> oh, I yeah. give, the more I'm going to get it wrong. Like I
1: said, fourth child, I did not get many nursery rhymes or
0: whatever. <laughs> what about Rapunzel? There's too many... What about Rapunzel? You know her? What'd she do? She was a chick with the hair, right? She was the chick with the hair. Jordan, you're exactly correct. She had long, it.
1: long hair and there was a, there was a gentleman uh, caller who came to her abode and he climbed, uh, she let him climb her hair like a rope. It's no, the, a, all these stories are fucked up
0: if you really think about it. Like some poor woman was locked in a castle yeah.
1: by was it her old man? I've got a friend who lived in Germany, and she always tells me the originals of like where these stories come from and like the German version. So much more hardcore. So much more, and it's like that's what the that's what most nursery rhymes are.
0: <laughs> They're pretty scary, man.
1: <laughs> so sorry, not it's
0: Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. No, Rip, Rip Van <laughs> Winkle. Rip God, Van you're Winkle. you're the worst at resetting. Good Lord. Rip Van, Rip Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. All right. Let's get this train back on the tracks here. <laughs> like an English train, not our crazy American trains that don't follow any real rails. Rail systems in shambles. Uh, so, Fraser doesn't want to wear the silly hat for the Christmas card. Uh, Marty is ticked. They have a good set of dialogue here. Yeah, like you mentioned, the October 21st thing. Yeah. Yeah, because Daphne's like, do you realize what day it is? And Fraser exclaims, it's October 21st, and the crowd applauds and cheers. But not as much as when they roll out Eddie yep. here as the final reveal. Marty says he's in the bathroom getting a drink. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's bit. A great line. That is a, that is a good line. It should have been called out. There but, wasn't
1: a lot of laughter. I noticed because I watched right. this episode a few times. That's uh, a good past one. couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, I think it went over. It didn't even. It just blew by people. Like they just didn't hear it in the audience.
0: One of the best lines. I, I, that's what I like is that you watch these multiple times yeah. where I really am just seated the pants my. Let me get some dang notes down about this. I've watched <laughs> this one before, but it's been a long time, so let me just get this thing down and try to keep this wagon train a moving Fraser's comfort food for me, baby. I just put it on. It's, it's just a, on. that's the, I put it on and fall asleep immediately. It's how I go to sleep at yeah. night, so like every episode I've seen throughout the years, but now I just see like the first intro card, and then I'm like... <sighs> Pass right out. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I watch Fraser all the time, and you're like, you watch the first 15 seconds of Fraser all the time. You like, and okay. your brother-in-law just falling asleep all the time. I can't. Yeah, it's true. He's just napping up a storm. <laughs> Man, I'm passing out. It's incredible. Uh, so yeah, Eddie comes out wearing reindeer antlers. Yeah. That's basically the reveal here. Is hey, Eddie's got antlers, and like, woo, nah So next we go to KACL here. Fraser signs off. And he sees an adoring fan uh, that he immediately finds attractive, calls her adorable, out in the hall. Creepy way to describe a woman. But a fully grown woman, yeah, yes. Yeah, that seemed creepy to me. I was a little like, bit. Okay, they could have chosen sure. uh, a better word. I would, yeah. I, I, they just wanted that punchline. Uh, I will tell you that this is not how radio stations work either. Um, these places are locked up quite a bit. Uh, so you have to go down you would go through security right. someone would typically have to let you up if they got the impression that you were mad at a host or had a gear <laughs> to, grind let you with wait the host. to talk to him yes so maybe that's the thing she was like i just want an autograph and she kind of you know, finagled her way in there by saying she was a nice fan but even still you think she flirted with the security guard and let her through it's the nineties, so maybe that's what they want you to kind of She think. gave him an HJ. That's what Steve is signing to me
1: right now. She gave him an HJ in, in the security booth. Steve.
0: I, I would imagine you're talking about him and where did you get, and where'd jam you get that sandwich. information? Where did you get that info? I mean, I, I I'm confused by what you're trying to put on me. Put here. that card down. I get it. The, I would say what you're referring to is not allowed. Um, this is a clean podcast ice clean you're the one okay? that said it i'm just reading the cue card buddy i've never made that hand motion in my life if anything i was trying to let you know that maybe she unbuttoned her top button oh or, that's what it was or like okay. a quick mooning like we talked about last okay. week i think a tasteful mooning from I'm a psh, professional woman yeah. will get you onto any floor
1: that's that's as good as
0: as the security it, documents are 1993 90. at least yeah. sorry these are all 1993 terms uh because nowadays don't try it. Don't moon the security guard. You will go to jail immediately. It doesn't matter how professional you are. There's cameras everywhere. Don't go around mooning people. Good gravy. Throw the H.J. stink on me. Good God. How dare you? Three can play that game, sir. I'll tell you that. You, me, and my hand motions.
1: <laughs>
0: Here's another one for you. <laughs> oh, man. So glad this is radio. That was the most offensive thing I've ever seen. I, yeah, this is the kind of illegal in 48 stuff, 48 stuff. For those with stuff, kids I'm out there, Steve just gave me the whole daddy finger. And, and, uh, more than the daddy finger, the finger and the basket. Jeez, uh, So apparently this woman is Marco's ex-girlfriend. And she is quite ticked at Frasier, mainly be- <laughs> mainly probably because he told her to break up with her or told him to break up with her. But within like two minutes of <laughs> yeah, knowing even, him and I, talking to him. Yes. But even still, it seems like misplaced anger because the guy says like, yeah, Marco blamed Fraser." Uh, this woman, by the way, her name's Catherine played by actress, Amanda Donahoe. Uh, Marco just blamed Fraser said Fraser told her to break up with her okay cool the dude did not have to take the advice of a random guy on the radio. <laughs> like he was looking for a way out. Yeah, even
1: You could tell he was looking for a way out. He wanted somebody to to be able to put that on. Frazier was a scapegoat for that guy to yeah, get out of his still, relationship. he's
0: still the one making the decision. Frazier's not in control of that man's life. Uh yeah, <laughs> that's very and, true. The woman should have gone after Marco and been like, hey, Marco, you dumbass. You don't have to listen to some idiot on the radio, but that's something like I think she had an ulterior motive here that leads to this primary storyline we're going with. Sure, Is that Fraser kind of offers some consolation and that you can see they kind of start to hit it off. Um, he puts something up so she doesn't cry on the equipment because she starts crying a little bit. Yeah. But he offers her some MMs. ms mm-hmm. They're starting to get along. He goes and buys her some. And they agree that yellow M&Ms are the best one. What kind of MMs ms do you like? You got a preferred color? Ooh um right i mean red i guess if i had to go with a with a color
1: ones that i red or orange i like the orange ones a lot of people don't like the orange flavor i love it i love it i love an orange sorbet or a sherbet Ooh, uh,
0: the sherbet is good i don't do it i like the rainbow sherbet or whatever i don't eat it as much as i should but in texas it's a real treat are you forcing yourself to say sherbet that's the way it's spelled. I know. I, th- I force I think, myself every time. It's, I think Fraser would appreciate it. I think so, it's too. It's not a sorbet, and so some people will drop the sherbet in Texas. They'll say yep. it's a sherbet. That's
1: what I know it as, and, but, but there, I force but myself it's a to sherbet. say sherbet.
0: It's a sherbet. It is. I'm pretty
1: sure. And it's more fun to say sherbet anyways. Sure, it's a sherbet. I'm sherbet. pretty sure. I ate a whole a sure tub of short.
0: sherbet the other night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A yeah, whole tub will get you. It says
1: fat-free on it, no, so no, we're, no, we're no, good. no, no,
0: no teaser for next week for the Seinfeld non-fat yogurt episode I think we're doing (laughs) yeah nothing's really fat free it's all a freaking lie just nobody (laughs) pops those people on it I assure you either way conspiracy this Catherine woman ticked at Frazier I don't think that's the way to go they hit it off um but she says basically she doesn't want to go on any more first dates, which really seems like she's just dangling the worm out there. She so Frazier will take a bite
1: and the implication that they're uh, technically would be on their first date because they're kind of getting uh, all that crap out of the way. They sit there. They have food together and like sit together. I mean, it's a date. Technically, it's now the, you I'm know. making the H.J.
0: motion <laughs> 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 now I'll happily make it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh offensive <laughs> i am wounded this is the rowdiest Frazier podcast that is what i'm going for we're going to get cowbells in here yes town boards i hope to have a live audience like the soup at some point where we'll just get four or five people to it's, just hang out i'll pay some vagrants to come chill with it's me. really just for the bulldog lovers <laughs> yes this show does need to be more bulldog i agree Let's just let's bring the bulldog to the air. Let's bulldog up. I'll this. bring my cart of sound effects and foley items the Christ next time. <laughs> gracious, we need to hold. That may be a spinoff. All right, we'll do special episodes: bulldogs, sports, Gonzo, yeah. or whatever. We'll do this. I can get in into gonzo. that All right. So next thing we know, we're down at uh, Nervosa, and we see that Frazier and Catherine have clearly been dating. He quickly mentions the for tonight. Offers to take her to Antonio's or Le Cigar he You skipped over when Niles saw her. Oh, I mean, oh, did Niles see yeah, her Niles, at point? Well
1: point? Yeah, Niles, was that not, that, that scene already happened, right? Where, where they, where Niles walks in after Fraser is like making out with her or whatever, and she's leaving, and then Niles walks in, his, his mouth is all agape, and he's just...
0: I think that's uh, right after this. So we're getting to there. Okay, you know? I'm mixing and, it up. You know, if you would just let me drive, there's the reason, I, <laughs> <I'm> Sorry, <laughs> you know, backseat driver back here, and sometimes I appreciate what you're doing, um, but <laughs> this is not one of those times. <laughs> yeah, I say, exactly, but sometimes, you know, Ugh. these notes are typed up in order. I feel terrible. <laughs> yes, you should.
1: I here it comes so again.
0: <laughs> <You> know, <Don't laughs> stop. It.
1: There it is. I've created a monster. You know, here
0: comes the hand motion once more. Good Lord sir so i would say he quit and he's just putting his coat or putting her coat on her so this is a very quick beginning of the scene so sometimes i just drop it in there to be like all right they're meeting up at nervosa they're having coffee right uh but he he mentions le cigar volant le cigar volant which means he kind of implies that he could get a table same day which but, he couldn't prior yeah it seemed like maybe it was too last minute Prior and because he asked about the dress code, they're like, "Go the fuck away, Fraser." <laughs> maybe October is not a hopping month for Le Cigar <sighs> the Cigar vacances. Okay, yeah, that could be true. Maybe they are down in that month. Maybe it was midweek versus a Saturday night right. or something. So okay. maybe that helps. It's not prime time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so on her way out is when Fraser gives the line that I like you just the way you are.
1: Boo!
0: <laughs> Audience grows. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You think that was a Billy Joel nod? Oh. Pff. I, probably not. Okay. I don't think it was
1: on that level. All right. Didn't think just about moderate. that though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I,
0: figured, I was like, Frazier like Billy Joel, or is it just strictly opera? Does he just no, do opera and but, classical, or does he ever like lean into a Phil Collins track? Or Billy he, Joel's
1: way too. You what know, did he do at
0: Cheers? You watched a little bit of Cheers. Did he ever loosen up like in a karaoke episode, or like a <sighs> rock and roll episode, or anything where he danced? He, he wasn't as tight ass as he is in in, in, in Frazier, from but, what I understand. I see people post that all the time yeah he had a damn dog at some point
1: yeah he was he was kind of a swinging bachelor at that point because he just i guess divorced not
0: too long ago he divorced his wife so i could see a frazier's or or like a swingers interpretation with frazier (laughs) and he's the like recently dumped guy and then niles is his buddy who's kind of got it all figured out or something or vice Uh versa yeah frazier is a swinging bachelor yeah, he, I mean, he didn't really ever,
1: like, he didn't really ever let loose. They play in, they play the joke on him where they make him sing, uh, like, I am the very modern of a modern major general. Like, he sang that whole song, I think it was, on, on Cheers. Uh, so, no, he was, he was pretty much the same. He was just,
0: you know, he drank more beer drink more beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> he evolved he went to wine and much of much yes. of america is doing right now our craft beer craze is cooling the time for wine is on <laughs> uh <laughs> so niles walks in right after this so the that's where he sees the they're kind of kissing real quick yeah. and then he walks in sits down and they have a coffee <laughs> he
1: can't believe it he calls he her can't. a babarama. rama
0: yeah can't baby be- babarama. <laughs> baby rama I mean she's she is a gorgeous looking woman but <laughs> I think every woman that Frazier kind of gets with is a little out of his league, honestly, and looks no offense to Kelsey. Oh, every single yeah, one of them. That's, it's kind of the same thing in Seinfeld where you're like, well, these dudes are just kind of doing well in their market and have yeah. a little bit of heat yeah. so they can maybe draw a different level of woman. But... Yeah. That's just casting.
1: But I mean, of course <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, That's just what American but, executives want to see. But f- with Frazier, yeah, it's pretty outlandish. Like he'll, he'll he pulls like yeah some of the most beautiful not to say that he wouldn't but and I've asked my wife this I'm like is is Frazier like is he good looking and she's like I mean he's okay you know it's Frazier he's just a guy like sex magnet he's is not like you know cheetah
0: attitude he's not Uncle Jesse from Full House you know what fuck Uncle Jesse after I've thought about it for a week and I've been on the you're going fu- back on it oh, I think I've been in the Full House forums enough now To know that Uncle Jesse's kind of a real piece of shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to tell you. I don't mean to go back to last week's bullshit, but... uh, uh, Okay, so Joey is the friend of Danny. Jesse is his actual brother-in-law. Okay, weird. Yeah, Jesse was married to Dan... To so Joey and Danny were roommates back in college. Yeah? Je- Jesse is Danny's wife's brother. Gotcha. Yeah, and so Joey and Danny
0: were buddies. Well, either way, he's an overgrown child <laughs> who has to keep learning the same lessons yeah. over and over and over again. And at this point in his life, he should have fucking known what to do, and he shouldn't have need all, needed all this crap. You about have how to been get a in those loan. forums.
1: Look at you with your opinions. Like they did
0: Joey wrong in that episode. They did him wrong through the whole series. They, you know. Danny just got crapped on the whole time. Nobody was barely helping that guy with his daughters, I feel like. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why they all live there. They're all probably mooching off him, barely kicking in for rent. We're going to have to revisit some Full shit House that episodes. Freaking Uncle Jesse. He looked great, and he got by on his damn looks. That's pretty much it. That's what I'm talking like Larry about. Larry Laughlin carried that damn he's, marriage.
1: He's not a, a bad-looking dude, whereas Frazier is just a regular guy, in my opinion. He's not like, you know, some massively successful rich dude that that happens to pull some gold digging chicks or whatever. And I'm sure that this is just highly offensive vernacular here, but you know, it, it just it does. It uh it 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 amazes me the 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 women that come in and out of Fraser's
0: life. Like you said, brilliant nineties casting for sitcom TV. So I yeah. I love it. Uh and like I said, once Niles kind of starts prying a little bit more about this Babe Rama <laughs> um they kind of figured out that oh you met her because her ex was a caller who called into your show so even though we see niles listening later on he definitely wasn't listening in this block of fraser's hour he must have <laughs> had a patient or something uh and he then gets ticked about fraser's breach of ethics yeah he's waiting he's into in. to an
1: ethical cesspool
0: it's tough, so you can't, I guess, date patients or anyone affiliated with patients. If you've advised someone in four minutes who called into the radio, I think that would that would kind of be Frazier's technicality and be like, "Well, I run a damn radio show. Yeah. I talk to a bajillion people a day." And that's what man. he said. It's different, and which I,
1: I agree. And they're not paying him for his services. So, oh, I mean, there it's you like, go. You know, it's something that's not. There's not a they're monetary ad- value to it, or whatever. They're
0: advertised to that. FM signal is free in that market. <laughs> or AM signal, sorry. Yeah, whatever. It's a AM is. radio. Yeah. So yeah, they need to shut up, you know, like or sorry, Niles does. Like I would say, regardless of the ethics, do whatever you want at this point in the story. Now it does maybe get a little bit more escalated, but again, to go back, this dude should not have blamed Frazier for any of this. No, he no, is no, the no. individual who chose to break up with his own girlfriend. So Anything that occurs here is because of Marco, not because of Fraser. Again, that's it. that's what a scapegoat is—is is like when
1: it all goes awry. Like you can use them if you're getting blamed. You can use them if if you need somebody to blame. And so that's exactly what his what his uh, rationale was there, whether he knew it or not.
0: Damn you, Marco! Fuck you, Marco! <laughs> so then we go back to KACL. Fraser walks in to do a show, and Ross tells him, "Hey, guess what, Fraser? Marco is waiting on the line." And I can't tell if this is the start of the show or if Fraser's just coming back from a bathroom break. Right. But he's coming in and... Frazier's not happy about this. He's like, all right, he's on line two. Cool. Let's see who we've got on line three. And Rose is like, "Whoop, just lost him. For
1: all of his training and knowledge of the human mind and psyche, he does not like confrontation and does not do well with confrontation. You'd think that he would be a little bit more professional about it and know how to kind of field
0: those types of scenarios. I think he's just a big old wuss. So ultimately (laughs) he doesn't know how to handle anyone confronting him in like a intimidating way, basically. Uh, so Marco calls in and he's like, Hey man, I appreciate the advice the other day. I did what you told me. I broke up with her, but man, I think she's already dating someone else, to which Fraser kind of, regardless of his affiliation should have been like, what the fuck? What did you care? Right. You know what I mean? Like you dumped that chick. You said you wanted to keep your options open. It's not my problem. It didn't sound be. like you were not hooking up with somebody three days later. Yeah, dude, she's a babe-a-rama. Maybe keep her around or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, go to hell, dude. Uh, You're lost. Pretty much. Fraser kind of intimates that the dude should move out of state. Says, do what I did. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: He just told him to just completely disappear. That would take him out of the equation
0: right. for phrase. For and so I think that's probably where he crossed the line in the story where it's like, alright, well you could have repositioned it as hey Marco, you made this decision just because you called into a radio show. Look inside of yourself. You ultimately are the one who went to this woman and said I gotta break it off. So I apologize if I you know, gave you the wrong impression there, but you should not be so uh, you know, just impressionable from a radio host that you went and did that, right. basically. So it's on you, man. I'm sorry. There's got to be some kind of a disclaimer, too, for Deal his show. Deal with the consequences, basically.
1: Like. I mean, right? Like, from a legal standpoint, there has to be a disclaimer for that show. There has to be, like, it, like yeah, when it's kind of like the Fraser Crane show is a product. You know, it's like the, the, the radio <laughs> entertainment disclaimer. product. entertainment yeah. purposes only kind of right. thing. I mean, I don't know if it would be, you know, something that they would actually queue up every time,
0: but... But it, this is the point where I think he does cross the line, and you, like you mentioned, you cut to Niles, and he's got his mouth open in the car as Fraser says, "Why don't you do what I do? Move out of the city, move out of state, get, like <laughs> completely disappear, or whatever." And that's when it's clearly in Fraser's best interest to, like, <laughs> I don't want any future confrontation. I'm going to try to eliminate Marco from any contention for the future. So at this point, Fraser may has probably waded into some very interesting ethical dilemmas we are like, all right, the patient thing is one thing. Trying to tell somebody when you're in a power position to give advice that they should move and you know they're impressionable. Yeah, now you've <laughs> crossed the line. Like You've already established this guy will listen to you, so you should have doubled back and told him, don't listen to a radio host, but that... Goes against the point of Fraser's whole show. Yeah, I guess. So it's, it's, it
1: probably sinks into his subconscious too because it, it kind of comes back to haunt him. I think that exact moment where he yeah. where he crossed that line right there it, because before he was probably cool with it, you know, and it's like, oh, uh, he could justify it.
0: And, and that's what's tricky. I think Niles calls him on that. He's like, well, you're just rationalizing this shit. So yeah. you're right. If Frazier wanted to be free and clear, he probably should have broken it off too and just been like, yep, I met a great chick, but unfortunately her dude called in so yeah eh, probably just easier not to deal with it so. not gonna get in the middle of these two people <laughs> well, there you go that's the thing they sound like they're pretty drama filled old marco <laughs> himself he's driving by her place in the middle of the night so you're like all right well marco's gonna kill me eventually <laughs> you know, like, and, and stay out of marco here knows what kind of car he drives now yeah that's <sighs> freaky uh-huh uh so we get to niles car niles has if or he picks up frazier for some reason i can't remember why did they say that earlier in the episode why niles is picking frazier
1: yeah he because he, he was like oh well, i don't need anything from you niles and he's like oh yeah oh, I, right, need, right, I need right, you right. to pick me up from the thing
0: there we go that's right cars in the shop or something like that something. i need you to pick me up i can't recall but you're right on the way out of nervosa he asked him to so niles clearly asked hey that advice you gave was it in marco's best interest or your best interest, Frazier, <laughs> and it's undeniable at that point. Um, Frazier tries not to care, but Niles kind of pokes and prods, and says he well, still
1: denies it though. He's uh-huh. still he's still like, no, no, no I'm fine. Yeah, uh, I'm like. good.
0: And Niles like, how's your stomach doing? Mm-hmm. and that's when he kind of reveals. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, you know, anytime or Niles says, ever since you were a kid, anytime you come up against a breach of ethics. You will get queasy. And Fraser says, well, you get nosebleeds, and my stomach's been fine. Yeah. So whatever. It's all good. And he seems convinced he'll be fine no matter what. He's like, I'm good. I've never gotten queasy. We talk. It's all fine. Like my stomach there. will tell
1: me if I'm, if I'm too close. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. seems
0: like they have been on dates and stuff like yeah. that. So like I said, maybe up until this point, he had rationalized it in his brain. But he does ask uh, Niles a very um, pointed question. Hey, is this a new car? Mm-hmm. And uh, Niles is like, yeah, one of my patients got me a great deal on a lease. <laughs> and to which his nose immediately starts bleeding. <laughs> and they're like, okay. I, I mean, I don't know that they're not allowed to do that. Like, if somebody can get you a good deal on something... Aren't you just a contact at that point? Therapists like, are not doctor- supposed
1: to. No, they're not supposed to take any kind of. I mean, as far as I know, my knowledge is really just can't from you just Sopranos. Become,
0: oh, okay. I was like, can't you just become friends with somebody just like your attorney? Like, even though there's confidentiality or something like that, or like a doctor that's just a medical doctor, even though you've told them things, if you can also reveal. Next like,
1: time you go to the doctor, bring them a cup of coffee, see what they do.
0: Well, if he finds out, like, hey, what do you do for a living? And you're like, oh, I work at a car dealership. Oh, really, man? I'm getting a new lease next month. And the guy offers, like, oh, really? You're getting a lease? Well, uh, you know, come on by. I can get you a great deal on one. Now, are you
1: saying in a professional setting, like as Niles and his
0: patient? No, I'm saying if a, like, medical doctor that you went to and, like, we're just getting your knee scoped with or something like that. Because, again, there's, there's still patient confidentiality in place here. Yeah and I would imagine you're not allowed to just get involved with your medical patients, but maybe you are, maybe psychiatry is different since they're so vulnerable, but a lease on a car really doesn't seem like an ethical, like breach where I would be like, this has gone too far. It's I'm, because I, it's I'm a, saving. It's 50 like a bucks.
1: gift. It's, it's lumped into like a gift and like, you're not supposed to, to, to receive gifts. Apparently that's what I learned on the Sopranos.
0: Tony so- tries
1: to, Tony tries to bring uh, Dr. Melfi, all sorts of goodies and gifts, and she gets all bent out of shape every time.
0: Interesting. No gifts, I kind of understand, but, I mean, it's a car lease. You know, like... It's the gift of savings. Exactly. What do I mean, you know the guy's going to buy one anyway. He's looking to lease a new car, is likely what happened, but if... Or, and vice versa. If the guy offers it, then, yeah, Niall should either know better or... Just say, no, I'm going to get this payment, and then the guy probably countered, and then it's just a sales opportunity. <laughs> You're like, well, no, I'm just an idiot. I'm still cheap. You know, like, Niles is still cheap, just like <laughs> Frazier would be, so we take the damn deal. Niles is not cheap. Niles is frivolous. <sighs> I guess we don't know much about Niles yet. It seems like he is churning through cars almost, though. Yeah,
1: pretty, he's pretty frivolous with his, with his
0: cash. I guess so. He did throw it through uh, that window last time when mm-hmm. he put the brick in there or whatever. Which was probably things.
1: like five, six hundred bucks, I would imagine. That's true. You don't know how much a window cost?
0: <laughs> I do. Too much. They're damn expensive, especially one of those big ones at a department store yeah. or whatever, Art Gallery. I'm sure that did suck. Uh, so we get back to Fraser's apartment. We get a joke about how Lafitte won't fail me now. This is a fancy wine joke.
1: Boy, he's making a lot of dad jokes. A lot of dad jokes. Yeah, that joke sucks.
0: But uh, the Lafitte bottle starter, it's a perfect Fraser joke, though. It's a joke that Fraser would make. Yes. So it's a very well written, like, I'm Fraser thinking I'm making a joke joke. Absolutely. Uh, oh, it it serves its right. purpose exactly. very well. The Lafitte bottles start at like two grand, from what I saw online. Oh, go up to like twenty grand. So I'm sure rare vintages are even more than that. Catherine wants to bang Fraser in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and one of the things from Nervosa, it seems like it indicated that they had not hooked up yet. Him and Niles have an exchange where it's like, "Have you done it yet?" And it's like, "No, but soon." And they're like, "You know," and they she let like,
1: him know right away that she wanted to, she wanted to get down dirty.
0: Yeah, and I mean from that first I mean, meeting, date she, three, I guess she that's sucked the
1: thing. that M&M out
0: of his fingers. That's true, but date three, that's where it goes down in America. That's just what I'm saying. You go on three dates, it's pretty much, you know, like you it's, went you went to Cig- Le cigar salon in Antonio. It's bang, it's bang time, baby. That's yeah. right. It's uh, it's boomtown. Um, so nah, they move to the living area after they start hooking up in the kitchen, which gets all creepy. Because they jump on Marty's chair and it starts <laughs> going vibrating. off. You're just like, okay. I always forget that that's a vibrating chair because yeah. the first episode he plugs it in. And you're like, Frazier, I I couldn't tell. Like I wasn't watching the stunt acting as to like who led who towards that chair. But why did either one of them pick to go for that chair first? That seems like the <laughs> they worst were, possible option. They
1: were just racked with with passion
0: and they were, like you said, they were all horned up. They're so horned up. They are horned up. You're not wrong about that. But the Marty's chair had to smell like just old man. Yeah. Old man farts. Just been like farting in that chair and, for like, so long. Years of beer farts. Oh, Eddie God. And he's
1: throwing up his treats oh, on that chair. It's a
0: cloth chair, yeah. too. Like,
1: yeah. oh, man. Not even something that's yeah halfway sterile where you can wipe uh, it down good.
0: Never been reupholstered in any way. Oh, absolutely re- not. Absolutely not. It. Like, oh, God. That's just so gross. So Qu- <laughs> Frazier didn't want to move to the sofa because it was uh, too gross. He didn't like that the vibrating chair was activated and he was potentially going to be outperformed by a Barca lounger. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Um, but unfortunately, once they get to the sofa, Frazier finally realizes he's breached his ethics. His stomach is a little bit queasy. He can't go through with the hookup. Catherine's got to just be so fucked up in the head after this. When a dude like pushes you off and starts puking, like if he's not drunk out of his mind and you're not 22 or at the latest, like what the hell do you think? Frasier, about this? He, he
1: doesn't help himself out very much either. Cause he says it's, it's not me. It's you basically like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> going to be tough on
0: anyone to hear the, it's not me. It's you after you puked almost yeah. in front of him. Uh, he has to reveal that yeah marco called in unfortunately and i also told him not to get back together with you i clear that conscience yeah and so fraser breaks it off and quickly brags a kind of humble brag about his uh eames classic chair that he would have rather thrown her on and shown her all the business get down to business <laughs> time there and then caroline or sorry katherine uh, really goes on a long string of all the things she was going to do to Fraser in that apartment, Boy, or allow him to do. He missed. I, he he definitely missed. Uh, he missed out. <laughs> he missed the boat on that one. I, I mean, she really indicated some dirty moves she was willing to participate in here. But as I said up front, we don't kink shame here. We so. don't kink
1: shame. She said that she that 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 it would be illegal in forty eight states. What
0: do you think she would have done to him? Well, I man. Well, I. Some pretty rough stuff. and Like Like involving
1: like weaponry or like, I mean, is it that, like, are we talking about
0: like... 1993 laws, I'd have to go back and look. I know Texas was pretty strict with some uh, stuff that wasn't friendly to people of all orientations. uh So I don't know if it was bucketed into that, but all 48 states would have to be pretty rough. And you would imagine that it is legal in Hawaii and alaska or mm-hmm. was it two other liberal states that had allowed some real kinky stuff was it new york and california that had opened question. up like what Who, were the what? two states that i you mean this begs the question to, what is the kinkiest of all the states out there viewers listeners write in uh let us know what you think is I, the kinkiest state in america i'd say rhode island it's small, so maybe like per capita, yeah. like the population. Maine. Like, what the fuck are they doing up there? Uh, I lobster banging. I'd imagine that's a lobster town. Yeah, Maine. I don't know much about Maine. It's just like golf and lobster. Yeah, I don't know. what else do they do in Maine? That, uh, that crabbing. Is it crabs? Is that what they do in Maine? Well, no wonder it's kinky. They all got crabs. Stephen King stories. Okay. Oh, all right. A lot of horror happens in Maine. That's probably why I don't know much about it. I don't like the horror genre too much. It just scares me. Pretty man. sure every Stephen King story ever written took place in Maine. Gross. Yeah. Uh, so after this, Catherine storms out, tells him the tells Fraser that the fish was dry that he served her earlier for dinner. Ooh, sick burn. God, this did seem like a a cheap shot to Fraser mm. since she had lied about it earlier but Fraser had told a lot of lies up to this point or withheld a lot of truths, so I she, get it. She
1: knew where to stab, though. She knew She knew what would
0: get him deep. She, <laughs> Insult his cooking. Yeah, and she, she definitely knew where to hit him where it hurts. Maybe this is why Marco wanted no part of it, is that he was a bad cook, too, and he knew that... <laughs> he's like, every time I try to make her food, she's just like... I, she says it's good, but I can tell it's not. Like, so I can she doesn't see. like it. Exactly. And so maybe those were the vibes he was catching where he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think this is going to be able to go the distance because she's not really into my food. You know, like right. that's the only thing I can think of maybe other than Marco being a pure garbage human. <laughs> <laughs> And then but Eddie shows up to console Frasier at the end, and that's always a fun gag. We love Eddie and Frasier. Yeah,
1: we do. And they had all those pictures at the, you know, as the credits
0: were rolling. Yep, that's all the credits were. Okay, let's move on to this beautiful sideshow here, which I will really try to do some justice. So Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, I didn't know a ton about the series. Like I had watched it in passing, and I knew like hey, yeah, that's got these actors. It was from the early 90s. It was up on my older sister's wall for posters. And like, it was just a different generation than I was connecting with in the early 90s. Massively, a massive hit show, though, the the Beverly Hills. For the teen drama, yes. I would imagine this was a giant, giant hit uh, for the teen drama genre, for sure. Because it probably appealed to a very different audience than Frasier would appeal to. Not going to say this was family-friendly television by any means, but a good drama that they could show probably before 9 p.m. Central.
1: They, they A lot of people called it The Bev. It's true.
0: What'd you call it back then? You, you and your friends talking about The Bev on the block? Bevy 9. All right. I, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, I see it now. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm just going to read the description here. So if you've never watched Beverly Hills 90210... It is an American teen drama television series created by Darren Starr and produced by Aaron Spelling under his production company, Spelling Television. This series ran for 10 seasons on Fox from October 4th, 1990 to May 17th, 2000. Damn, the entire decade. Yeah, I did not think it went till 2000. That is kind of way longer than I imagined. I did not also think that. Yeah. It's the first of six television series in the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise. Also, would not have seen that. I, I don't think they list them all. Here. There were six of them. Yeah, I don't know if there. I don't know what all they count in that six. But
1: holy moly, that's that is squeezing the
0: juice out of that out of that nut. The initial premise of the show is based on the adjustment and culture shock that twins Brandon, played by Jason Priestley and Brendan or Brenda Walsh, played by Shannon Doherty. I'm glad you just confirmed that they were twins. They were. I, that,
1: I had some questions that, about
0: that. That's like, I needed to get the backstory on this series because there was just too many characters, and I'm like, good gravy. I gotta go look up who is who and just figure out what's going on. Barbara there. was
1: like, I think they might be twins. I can't remember. So that that yeah.
0: that puts my uh,
1: questions to, S- to bed.
0: Yeah, so this is twins, Brandon and Brenda Walsh. Jason Priestley, Shannon Doherty here, and the, this is about the culture shock experienced when they and their parents, Jim and Cindy, moved from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Beverly Hills, California. So it's like a dramatic Beverly Hillbillies, I guess. That's what I connected <laughs> with. I was like, oh, I've seen this show. Uh, you know, Texas T and Jed. He went to the Beverly Hills. Yeah. You know? I was like, all right, I've seen this. Cool, man. Uh, so in addition to chronicling the characters' friendships and romantic relationships, The show addressed topical issues such as sex, date rape, Uh, uh, homophobia, animal rights, alcoholism, drug abuse, domestic violence, eating disorders, racism, teenage suicide, antisemitism, and teen pregnancy, and as well as the weird just like Early '90s thing that was on every single TV show that I don't think gets represented near as well nowadays is the AIDS pandemic, yeah, um, or epidemic, whatever that one was called. Uh, but that was like every series had to have at least one episode, primarily for awareness, and it was good because, like, like it happened on Nickelodeon. Like I remember, young kids were exposed to like, "Hey, this is a big deal. Don't f around and shit." Sure, so you're like, "All right."
1: There was an uh, episode, different strokes that I remember, and
0: bingo, and they, they, they covered AIDS. So I don't think my kids are given that kind of like episodic treatment for this particular cause. And I didn't see recycling in here. Where is that? You know, was recycling a big, th- that damn a big right. thing? Damn right, that was a big thing was in it? the early nineties. I felt like everybody was like, stop throwing shit away, put it styr- in the green can. Styrofoam will kill you. So. I didn't see you know, Beverly Hills wade into the styrofoam recycling area, but <laughs> yeah, good for them. So we'll say, after poor ratings during its first season, the series gained popularity during the summer of 1991 when Fox aired a special summer season of the show, while most series were stuck in reruns. Ooh, that's a play. Smart. That's a good play. Very, very smart. So viewership increased dramatically, and 90210 became one of Fox's top shows when it returned in the fall. Then is when the show became a global pop culture phenomenon with its cast members, particularly Jason Priestley and Luke Perry. Whoa. They became Whoa. teen idols. No telling how old they were.
1: Yeah. Every time, um, every single time, I guess it's, it's a, not Brandon, but it's uh, Dylan. Every time Dylan came on the screen, my wife was like, mm, every time okay. she every time." She, mm.
0: I think he's dead now, right? Yeah. Dylan's Luke Perry. Yeah, know, well, Luke Perry passed away a long, long time ago. You could take solace in that. And you're like, well, fine. You can like him. You know, I'm going to go watch J-Lo videos or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, exactly what. That was that, my retort. That's all right. <laughs> that's what you did the rest of the night. Uh, so they, these two become teen idols. Um, the series also made actresses Shannon Doherty and Jenny Garth household names in the U.S., and the show is credited with creating and popularizing the teen soap opera genre that many other successful TV shows followed in years to come. Yeah, it
1: really set it up for for a lot of a lot of shows. You are uh, the world's biggest Hills fan.
0: The Hills, no I'm one tree hill. One I, I don't like the Hills that much. I've watched a little bit of the Hills. One Tree but, Hill. Yeah, One Tree Hills. One Tree Hill, hill would have been superior. there
1: wouldn't have been nowhere without Beverly
0: Hills. I I completely agree. We get a one-tree hill. um, So it seems to
1: me that if you put the word hill or a variation of hills in the title of your show, it's going to be a
0: massive hit. I would imagine so, yeah. So the viewers for this particular episode, the 20 years ago today episode, 15 million. Defeated by Frazier's 27 million, and I didn't mention this at the top. Frazier, the week before this, had 22 million viewers. So I don't know what happened in the like traditional marketing space or like commercial advertisements. But they picked up five million more viewers for this episode. So I don't know if they in one week. Yeah, in one week, market because they had been declining since episode one. I don't have all the numbers. It's probably
1: a Peanuts Halloween special or something came on. Yeah. State
0: of the Union. Had, no, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> for this sh- <laughs> i don't know what else was going on in october that just happened here in the united states in february <laughs> um, but oh, oh. <laughs> i don't know what was happening in october um yeah i so said maybe just lots of people around at home you know not as much to do rainy i don't know rain across the country who knows
1: who knows it's yeah there, there's no telling it and that that information will be lost forever steve
0: yeah so this episode, uh, we're gonna hit it quick because this is our first like one-hour show to do. Yeah. So in this one, Cindy and Jim, the parents of the Walshes, uh, throw a party for their twentieth wedding anniversary. What does Jim do for a living? Do you happen to no know? No clue. I I did not do enough research to find out. He must be loaded if he came from Minnesota to, to Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills and yeah. they seem to have no problems. So he looks like know. a doctor. Yeah, he does look like it. That's so stereotypy of you, but you're How right. How dare you? How dare you? Know, he, you does stereotype like bald, he does look like a bald, like doctor guy. You're right. <laughs> um, as Stuart and Brenda's affair grows, he proposes marriage, and she willingly accepts. This is all the IMDb description here, so I'm sorry if these are spoilers. 20, 30, 40, 50, 30 years later. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Brenda is of course one of the Walshes. Meanwhile, Brandon Walsh falls for an anthropologist grad student named lucinda nicholson mm. great um a paranoid dylan buys a gun from a street dealer and ends up almost shooting brandon
1: it was such a great scene that yeah. scene because he the guy's got a van and he's Dude. got the blanket over the van in the back and he shows him his goods and yeah
0: let's get right to that, tons I love of guns. that guy so much like
1: it reminded me of the scene of the scene when kramer bought the shower head on seinfeld yeah,
0: yeah exactly well like that guy was the most stereotypical drug dealery guy around. And I my it, Even though he was dealing guns. Um, and then Andrea, another character on the show or Andrea, they, I think they call her different names through here. I was like, can they get the pronunciation right? <laughs> yeah, one I of their characters. You're like, okay. Uh, tells Kelly that she has doubts about her affair with Dan. After he tells her about his non-belief in marriage. So I didn't catch too much of that. It just seemed like he was more calculated that she, than she wanted out of him, but maybe that part breezed over my head. This show
1: always confuses me because the actors playing these like 18
0: and 17-year-old yeah. kids are like 38. Exactly. They look like my contemporaries yes. almost. Where I'm like, so these... Are these the high school kids or the college kids? And yeah, I, I, it's could, so confusing. Discern. It's so I confusing. Don't and, know. and
1: like specifically, Andrea, Andrea, her character, <laughs> she looks like she works at the freaking White House. Like she looks like she's yes. 30, 35 years old, like a press reporter at the White House That's or something. Very and tough. The dude that she was with looked like he was nine years old, right? Super tall and lanky.
0: Yeah, like is that guy a
1: high school kid v- Brenda and her fiance Chip or whatever his name was, he looks. She looks young. He looks like he's like in his, like no less than forty years old.
0: Old Chip, get him Chip. I don't think that was his name. I think his name's Stewart or. Something, his name but, is Stewart. Yeah, but I love Chip. Chip Wagner. <laughs> Chip Wagner doing the doing the traffic copter for us out there in Dallas. Good for you, Chip. At least maybe thirty years ago. I don't think he still does it. You
1: think Chip wagner's still around? Probably not.
0: Nah, he's long dead. I'm sure. Jeez, oh, <laughs> he's not. He's probably <laughs> alive and kicking. Oh. Uh, and then the other storyline here is that Mel, uh, asks David to look after baby Aaron while he heads off to Mexico with his girlfriend. I missed that whole chunk. I don't even know. Yeah, so David <laughs> is Brian Austin green. We'll get to all that. I was just kind of giving you the overview. Oh, yeah, yeah, here. for sure. For
1: sure. He's got, he's the cool guy. He's a cool guy with the, with his earring.
0: Yeah. So we're going to breeze through this thing because it's very different than Frazier, but it was a real nice slice of the nineties. Yes. But the show itself, uh, not one of the better teen dramas I've seen um, this They're particular episode. Well, that's the thing. I was like, this <laughs> didn't feel like a teen soap drama. Like, I love the OC and One Tree Hill, and maybe that's just because that was my era. That was era. your era, I guess, yeah. You, know, you weren't so, eight years old at that point. Yeah, so we opened with Cindy and Jim laying in bed. Jim pops out some fancy-ass jewelry real quick. Fucking A. That was an emerald. Ah, goodness gracious. So that's how the episode opens is, hey, here's how rich this bro is. He's just whipping out jewels as soon as his wife wakes up. Yeah, as if that party is no indication later to his wealth. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Oh, I know. It's terrible, these people. Um, Brenda (laughs) talks to her grandma about why there is a caterer at a party in Beverly Hills. Like I said, the the riches of the uh, you know, extravagance of this party I think is bugging one side of the family. Your grandma sure. wanted she,
1: Grandma wanted to bake three turkeys, she said.
0: I thought that was the old granny from, you're right, she did say she that. She said that. I thought it was the who's the boss granny at first and I was like, <laughs> no way that's not, that's not Mona. It's Mona. <laughs> like that ain't oh, Mona. Mona. I would have known Mona as soon as I saw <laughs> her and I didn't. I was like, nah, that ain't no that's Mona. That's not Mona, but <laughs> it was a Mona-esque lady. Yeah, they're sure. like can we recast can we... Mona? And they're like, no Oh, Mona will never We can't do get Mona. Do you know, you what, her, do you know what her daily rate is? And when did Who's the Boss go off the air? I feel bad we can't do a Who's the Boss cross. God, I, it's I love not it. on. Who's when we boss? look at primetime, I don't see Who's the Boss on there. That's right? a shame. But like Friends starts next year, so hang with us. I laugh at Tony Danza. <laughs> I know you do. I laugh at Tony Danza. I laugh at Tony Danza. <laughs> I laugh at Tony Danza. Uh-huh. So then another set of grandparents shows up and we're introduced to old Stuart there. Brandon brings over the other grandparents. Stuart shows up. Then we cut over to David, who is Brian Austin Green. Um, and that's where you see him talking to his creepy dad. So right now we're <laughs> just trying to like establish the storylines. This dude's like, hey, man, you can't tell your mom I'm uh, going to Mexico for the weekend. But uh, look after these kids for me. You mind staying around here? There's a babysitter coming on one night, but you'll be fine, right? This dude's kind of total I'm scumbag just gonna take move. We're like, dude, if you've got a like court ordered thing that you have to be with your kid on this weekend, you probably need to be with your kid on the weekend, not just bail to Mexico with your girl. But whatever. Yeah, it seems
1: it, it seems rough. Like I feel bad for David. I guess he's a, supposed to be a kid at this point in time. Yeah. and
0: he uh, divorced you know,
1: parents divorced parents, and his dad's just taken off, <clears throat> leaving him leaving him at the house to take care of a child.
0: And and uh, I don't know the backstory. It looks like dad did not do well in this divorce. Like, mom got all the friends, all the money. And dad like just got fucking kicked to the curb wardrobe and, like, helps with that a little bit because he's
1: got the he's got the suit on but it's all disheveled yeah. and like it looks like trash, trash. and just yeah but and did he
0: lose his job at the same it time it seems
1: like his yeah. clothes seemed to signal something was awry
0: you know so like but he's it going wasn't to Mexico good. I'm like was he a coke dealer that lost his job like, what happened uh, in hey.
1: 1993 that that David kid would be a good prospect to join the foot clan and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah that's right foot he's, clan. they look for those Kids, they do. They you would look for the misfit toys Shredder, there. Would,
0: Shredder would absolutely take him in. <laughs> people love Shredder. I mean, he's Did a benevolent know? character, ultimately. Like he, like you said, he takes people in. He cares about people. Oh, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we go to Brandon, and you see him tutoring a dude, and, but he mainly just goes to work out. He goes to get his pump on, and yep. he connects with a woman at the gym. And this is my biggest fear about what every gym is. It's just dudes <laughs> hitting on my wife constantly. And just like, well, this is clearly all that happens at gyms is Jason Priestley it's lot hangs of, out a lot of sexual <laughs> That's energy. Right. And you're just like, yep. Yeah, well, this is how it goes down. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. This confirms everything I've always known. Um, so they, they don't hook up though. There's not some like, I'd say after watching Frazier, I'm like, well, here comes the steamy hookup scene yeah, in the back locker room. And you're like, Oh no, they don't. Uh, she's a college student. They kind of have a little exchange and says, "Hey, don't call me, but I show up this time every day at the gym." Which also sounds to me like you're married. And don't call my house, <laughs> but I'll hook up with you again here tomorrow if you show up at seven a.m. Sure, like, All right, cool. I Like what I see. Yeah, exactly. Like what I see, Jason Priestley. <laughs> uh-huh. Then we cut back to the house where this, like, I said, the Walsher, ha- the Walshes are having a giant ass party. It's a big old 20th anniversary party. Ginormous party. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Granny realized that three turkeys wouldn't have taken care of all those people. Oh, no. Not even if Mr. Bean was doing it. Uh, you couldn't stuff all those turkeys and make all those people happy. Yeah. You could have three or four or five even Mr. Bean sized turkeys, and that would not work. Five bean sized turkeys. That's what I order every Thanksgiving. Just a giant, give me the Mr. Bean special. Give me the beanie. Uh, <laughs> and then we. For some reason, the uh, you know, it's just like all three of the women show up on screen and it's just like mom cut next to mom cut next to mom cut. We're <laughs> yeah. like, look, the grandma and the moms all look identical in their hairstyling. I love it. Like nobody had hair below like mid neck. Right. Uh, that's about as far down as it went. It wasn't like a cute bob cut. It was just pure mom cut. Yeah. And you're like, all right, they're just going for that it. That mid length 90s, early 90s cut. And acid then, wash jeans yes the midnight is cut that's right uh, so then we uh we go to the intense music and luke perry buying his fucking gun from uh, this crazy ass dude i'm glad you mentioned the music because the the Incredible. music quality and like the
1: the orchestration was amazing i mean there was some there was some cheesy ass uh, sound libraries that the that whoever was doing the music for him was pulling from but damn i loved it it was very
0: like Terminator almost oh, so it like, was very, going into yeah. like
1: T2 right now. It was now? so cinematic, especially in that scene when they're walking, when he like d- meets d- d- him outside d- d- the liquor store and he, and he's like, it's around back. We got to go around back. I uh, got, the, I got a fan back there <laughs> and yeah. And, and yeah, that music was incredible. It seemed, it, it did. It seemed like, I think my, my wife was like, yeah, it's, it's like Beverly Hills cop or something. Uh-huh.
0: Like it's like, <laughs> for some reason, the drug, sorry, drug dealer, the gun dealer tells Luke Perry whilst buying the gun that hey man, it's illegal to carry a concealed handgun. You're like everything we're doing is illegal. <laughs> That's I'm what buying you're concerned a fucking of. Gun from you out of a van right now. No <laughs> shit, it's illegal to carry it. Like there's there's no record of this transaction in any way, shape, or form.
1: You've ground off all of the so the security numbers yeah, on
0: this thing. I was just like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Like, was that just for kids? Like like, hey, by the way, remember to tell kids it's illegal to carry a concealed weapon, but yeah. everything else here is totally legal. You're like, okay, get, fine.
1: You get bashed by the, by the you know, yeah,
0: standards and practices. I was like, like hey, put that in there. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the first lady. You know, <laughs> she, she handles a lot of that okay, kind of thing. Yeah. Barbara Bush was on the crusade. You don't want then, Barbara Bush coming after your ass. I, I'm okay with the Bush. <laughs> um, so uh, Then we see we cut to, we just see a dude, but I know it's Paul M.F. and Joe Hansen here. And maybe you don't know Paul Johansson offsite, but he's the most beautiful son of a bitch in the world. You know, I'm going to start with his storyline. He offers up Steely Dan tickets to Jenny Garth, and she's like, no, I've got to go to this party. And he's like, well, I'll go with you. She's like, nah, I'm good, man. Like, it's not that kind of a party. And he's like, all right. I think she just hates Steely Dan. Like, I'm I'm down with the Dan, but I think she was immediately like, hey, Paul Johansson, get the fuck out of here. Like, please stop. Was he just some random guy? the hell are you talking about? Paul Johansson, the actor, or the character in the show? The character in the show. Paul Johansson, uh, the actor's a beautiful man. The character in the show had about 13 episodes. He was a, like recurring member for probably a little bit here he had a story arc and i don't know how it petered out i don't know okay don't know how it resolved with jenny garth you 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 got real defensive when i when you thought that i didn't know who paul johansson was do you know who paul johansson is no he's a fucking brilliant human he's dan scott from one tree hill he's the evil dad the evil dad of those beautiful two children. They, what, percentage, they were brothers, what percentage of people do you talk to
1: on a daily basis that actually watched and understand and know the storylines of One Tree Hill?
0: Well, I could tell you, it just got a little higher once I never talked to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that percentage was, I'm going to just remove I'll, you from my life. I'll and that watch, percentage I'll watch One up. Tree Hill when
1: you watch The
0: Sopranos. I did watch an you episode of The Sopranos one once. episode and you fell asleep. Yeah, that's everything, though. I fall asleep all the time. No, well, the offer stands. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, Paul Johansson, beautiful human. So then we cut to uh, Luke Perry firing off his gun in a practice range. So does seem like a responsible gun owner. He's not just going to go out there and grip it and rip it. He's a damn good goes shot. goes to practice it. He's like, all right, I better get some target practice in. If I'm going to kill a man.
1: Has he done Buffy the Vampire
0: Slayer at this point already? I don't think so. Oh, the movie? The movie. Probably. I love that movie. Yeah, I think that was like late 80s or earlier than this in the 90s. I don't know, though. It probably, he
1: probably already had. So he had a little bit of like, you know, combat training
0: <laughs> from that movie
1: specifically because he held that gun with confidence, boy, and he shot, boy, the, he, his, grouping, woo, his grouping. His grouping. His yeah, grouping was incredible. Beautiful grouping.
0: Uh, so then Brandon, we see him, we cut, and they just cut through these storylines. Like there's no like long scenes that last more than a couple minutes. I know really. it's that. just they like, pack it in. Yeah. Man. They're like new story, new story, new story. And you're like, okay, cool. So then we go to Brandon. He's meeting up with this grad student. She quickly finds out that he's 18 years old and she's not 18. No, she's in like 25. Yeah. She's probably 25 or so. And that's fine. Uh, she seems a little bit put off. Um, but still, kind of into it, I think overall. Yeah. Uh, ben, he's got
1: he's got confidence. My wife mentioned that like he doesn't carry himself like an eighteen year old. He's he's the most. He seems like the
0: most like uh, I don't know mature. Is you know when you're a kid you put that banging milfs for probably twenty years at this point. Now the guy's thirty. How could you not with a face like that? That's right. Sorry, he's 38, I think we established earlier. So since he's like 18, he's not really 38. But oh, I'm I was say like, he's already <laughs> I'm going to say he's 38 forever, but <laughs> no, I don't know how old he was when he filmed this. Um, <laughs> so Brandon shows up uh, over at Luke Perry's place, and Luke Perry's just kind of uh, chilling with uh, his gun. Yep. He's just like hanging out with it a lot, which is a weird thing to do. He puts it under some newspapers. <laughs> there you go. And because Brandon's just showing up to drop off his parents' anniversary present, doesn't want to give it to him, you know, doesn't want him to see it basically before the party. I
1: noticed that that gun was cocked.
0: Jesus. Yeah. So he's got a loaded cocked weapon just hanging out. He is definitely paranoid. They are not wrong about that. He now, what's a his story? Guy.
1: Brandon, no Brandon uh, Dylan's parents passed away, and he's just got that house to himself? Isn't that what the, the, the my wife said something about he, he lives there alone. Like, his parents are no longer in the picture, and he lives in that house.
0: I just assumed he was in college. I didn't know he was in high school with him. Yeah, I didn't look it up. I don't know his backstory. Uh, don't know. I, I don't know whether they're in a college or high school. They're like 18, but he the, definitely got his car jacked. That's why he got the gun. Yeah. I um, think
1: he lives in that house alone, which, you know, if you, if you're an 18-year-old kid yeah. when your parents had passed away, yeah, you're gonna be paranoid. That's
0: right. You're going to be. Um so Brandon goes over there and then we finally find out, thank God the Walsh's party is almost here. I could give two shits about their party at this point. I'm like, <laughs> just get to the drama, nobody gives up at your party. <laughs> um Brenda shows up and she's like, Hey, um, Or sorry, we missed out the Brian Austin Green stuff. So Brian Austin Green's creepy dad comes over and says, hey, the babysitter's no show. Um, Just fucking hang with your kid or whatever. And we see Tori Spelling for like the briefest moment there. Then we get back to Brandon. He just talked to Brenda. She's ticked it. He dropped off the anniversary present over at Luke Perry's place. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're supposed to bring it home. I was going to give it to our parents before the guests arrived, you jackass. Why did you take it over there in the first place? I don't know. That's the thing. It was like, he was just storing it there for like three hours or something. Like <laughs> I was like, like you okay. just left it in your car, but yeah, it's like, I don't know why he kept it there either. Just leave just, it in the
1: trunk. Well, you got a hatchback. He probably he probably drives like a Jeep.
0: Yeah. Uh, he drives a Mustang. You oh, saw Mustang. him, uh, you saw him cruising around in it and this, he drives like an old classic Mustang. We're like, well, lucky for you. Good for mm, you. Beverly lucky. Hills boy. Yeah. I'm sure it was completely redone and all kinds of fancy stuff. So you're like, well, good for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Our so, listeners could tell that we grew up <laughs> quite middle class. Grew up like a Honda Accord, <laughs> yeah. not a cool restored.
0: Mustang. Oh, you want to talk about cars now? I well, had, no, I, I don't. Like... <laughs> Just, I really don't. I want to get through nine zero two one zero and wrap this up before people start tuning out. You don't want to talk about my eighty four Ford Tempo? Oh gosh, it was a beautiful machine. <laughs> we'll do a whole episode on that. Will be a Bulldog Gonzo episode yeah. on the eighty four Tempo. Hell yeah! Um, But. Brandon drives over in his Mustang. Dylan's in the shower getting ready. So he, is. he can't hear the doorbell knock. There's hear, no.
1: Can't hear banging on the door. There's no ring
0: cameras. There's no phones. Nothing. You can't just call a guy inside his house or text him and be like, yo, bro, I'm outside. What's, what's the deal?
1: That's back in the day when when you're in the shower, you're listening to the radio or, a, you know, at that point, a tape or you're listening to or, or just like reading the back of the,
0: the shampoo bottle or whatever oh, while you're I showering. Was, that was the best. I loved reading the back of the shampoo bottle. Oh, well, yeah. I still read back of shampoo bottle. It is pretty kick ass. Yeah. So Brandon escalates things here when he can't get into the house and he breaks the fucking window. He does. What the hell is this guy doing? Just like tell your parents, like, hey, I've got you a present. It's it's it, it. It's, it's this guy's house. I'm getting you in a couple south. hours. My bad. We'll get it. There's a bajillion people here. I think they'll be fucking fine. Not getting one more present tonight. <laughs> nope. They're fine. I'm gonna grab a monkey wrench out of this this handy dandy uh, uh, toolbox and smash your window open. That's how you know they've got too much money on their hands. It's yeah. like my parents will fucking foot the bill for this. Or who you cares know, if this is a hundred dollar window like Luke replacement? House. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, hey man, Luke Perry what if it gets cold tonight? Like you just fucked up. That Perry's house bedroom. Hey, like asshole. Yeah. You know, like, I had been pissed at Brandon on this one. I'd be like, dude, don't do that. shit. They built
1: up the tension in that scene. So well though, the music and like the, the, the high strings came in and like Barbara and I were just sitting there. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. No, please.
0: <laughs> See, I was not. Cause I'm taking notes on these most of the time. So I'm just like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. All right, here's what Brandon he's doing. breaks in. All right, here's freaking Luke Perry pointing the gun at him. I was like, oh, are we going to go into like a home invasion like kind of are we going to wade into these territories i was like, I thought he was going to take a shot
1: like out of uh, uh, being out of fear you know like and hit the door frame or something
0: yeah break the other windows i thought he was going to take a shot as well he did not he did he refrained he said hey guy i've got a gun which is probably a smart thing to do you do want to fire off a like a hey i've got a gun get the out of here if you can if you've got that time sure um but I, I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty of a uh, home protection stuff. Just do whatever the hell you want to, like, you know, try to not kill people for the love of God. But we live in Texas. People do all kinds of crazy shit down here. So Damn, right. just, you know, whatever. Um, so Brandon tells him, Hey, want not you, because yeah, Luke Perry's like, Hey, well, what do I do with a gun that I illegally bought? Yeah. And Brandon's like, You just throw it off a pier, man. You just toss it off a pier. I was like, I don't know that that's good advice. Like, I think there's probably (laughs) more legal ways. We'll take a drive tomorrow. (laughs) You're like, dude, no, 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 no. That's a stolen gun. If it was used in a crime previously, you might want to go like, Figure out how to give it to authorities and say, "Hey, I purchased this gun illegally. I never used it for anything, but I don't know what to do. I don't think you just throw it off a fucking pier." If you, I always thought that, like, and I, I don't know. I don't have guns. I don't shoot guns. <laughs> right. I, uh, like, but I did, don't know. I'm the worst person to talk. to. Yeah,
1: about. like I have no idea. We got friends that would probably know. And like my brother might know. But if you go to a shooting range, to, one would think that they would like check your gun and like your papers for your gun and like make sure that's a cool gun to like be coming in there and shooting in their range.
0: You know, I don't know. Yeah, I've never done the like, let gun, me see like your girl. Girl. yeah and never, also when 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 he picked that one Barbara goes that's a girl's gun <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> I thought that was funny <laughs> well, I, I don't see gender associated no, I just with any it was gun funny. she
1: meant it's a little teeny little teeny tiny
0: gun It just seems like it's concealed and now maybe that's why the guy mentioned it it's like hey this is not a big gun this is a concealed weapon yeah it's so meant maybe, to be like in your boot right or like, or like you know, hey these are illegal don't carry these and get caught with this because now you just crossed into a different line than just buying a gun illegal from a guy in a van that you don't know. A little Derringer. Jesus moly. Uh, So then we finally see Steve come to the party. Ian zeroing. we've seen him 0% this episode. He shows up for like half a second and you're like, oh my God, there's Steve. Is he going to do anything? No, no, he doesn't do shit in this episode. He had something else to do that week during filming, I would imagine. Then we get to Tori Spelling and Brian Austin Green. That's David, and I forget Tori Spelling's character I think name. It's I'm Kelly. Sorry. Is it Kelly? Cool. So. There we go. They show up with the kid, um, you know, his younger sibling that his dad ditched on him and went to Mexico for, uh, or, you know, with his girlfriend. And they bring her to the party. The kid's walking around. They see his mom, who, like I said, is clearly still in high society, seems to be doing all right. I don't know. I didn't see her living situation. I don't know. Maybe they're both destitute. I don't Probably know. Probably not. They're yeah, it's like, it seems like she's around doing around in Beverly fine. Hills. And that's fine. I don't know the backstory. Maybe this guy screwed around on her a bunch and, like, fucked it all up and lost all their money. I don't fucking know what this guy did. Sure. So, who knows? I'm not standing <laughs> no, up no for either judgments. side here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, based on this one episode, looks like she's doing all right. Uh, she says, hey, give me the damn kid. I got to take this kid. And Brian Austin Green's like, yeah, the dude went to Mexico and she just gets all kinds of pissed off. She's <laughs> like, is that supposed to go to fucking Mexico? You crazy. He just abandoned you. Yeah. He's just like, God damn it. Uh, so <laughs> then we cut out uh, to Dylan and Brandon. That's uh, Luke Perry. Sorry. Uh, saying that, oh, Brenda's dating that Stewart guy. Now, they kind of, you know, you see him looking over at Shannon Doherty and Stewart, Brenda and Stewart. Yeah. Here. It's like, well, I wouldn't want my younger or my sister dating that guy or whatever, because he's forty five. Right, <laughs> yeah, because he's forty five, yeah. and he says like, I know him from around, and I don't know what that means. Like, from like date raping people. Hey, like, got to be Poon-Hall. That's what I said, Like, have you seen him at bars? Have you seen, like? I don't know what that means, but I'm sure he's just a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably drugs and like dog fighting, and this guy really bold goes up to Shannon Doherty, old Brenda there, and is like, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm going to make the first toast at your parents' 20th anniversary party. The balls on this guy. (laughs) Like, he clearly has been doing coke or something, right? He's like, I'm going to fucking do this. And we're doing, I'm doing the toast, man. So much artificial confidence for something. Uh, Funnily enough, this does not devolve into like a terrible drunken toast that goes chaotic. He makes a lovely toast, Mm -hmm. moves on. No incident at all during the toast. We're like, okay, that did not go how I thought it was going to go at all there. I thought that was going to be terrible for this. Aaron
1: Spelling was doing that on purpose, trying to just throw throw off viewers. Yeah,
0: that, that's right. It was a nice little uh, misdirect there. Uh-huh. But then he comes off after the toast, pulls Shannon Doherty aside privately and uh, proposes to her. Yeah. She says yes. With a big whopper of a ring. I think they're still in high school, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, what the fuck? They're 18. Maybe That's
1: they just the thing, graduated. You're like, what
0: the fuck, man? You can't propose to a girl who's still in high school. Like, if you're out of high school, you can't propose to her.
1: Not to mention just the wrong time and place to do it, bub.
0: I mean, you can like, I mean, there's people there, but her mind's going to be elsewhere probably. Like, I don't think she's going to be she's that She's really into pulling it. the spotlight off of the the well, actual well, whole night. Well, that's what I'll say. He didn't. He did do it privately. He said, I'm not going well, to... that's gonna. true. He took her to this. He did not do it on stage during the toast, which is what I thought as well, because sure. I was like, oh, is this guy going to propose up here? And no, he didn't. He just made a <laughs> toast and got off <laughs> the Going to pull an Andy from the office moment. Right. And he did not <laughs> do that. I was like, oh, okay. But... Then Brandon, or sorry, um, well, sorry, we got to go to this dumb Andrea storyline real quick. She comes in, wishes she didn't sleep, but that dude, Dan, for some reason, says, you know, she just doesn't feel the spark. And you're like, all right, great. You banged a guy and don't feel the spark. Not I big don't deal. think you have to marry these people. I think you're like 18 or 19 years old. It's you're not an arranged fine. marriage type you're situation.
1: Good. There's no, you know, dowry or whatever you call it.
0: dowry. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I was just like, yeah, whatever. Great, Andrea. I've knocked... You, Go fuck someone else. I don't care. Like, it's all good. Like, I don't I don't know what she was really going for on this. You're like, okay, cool. Um, then Stuart and Brenda go tell the parents that now, they're before engaged. you get to
1: this, you know that when Andrea goes and talks to that
0: bartender, she marries that guy. What are you talking about? Well, that's not till if you would just let me fucking drive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Andrea hasn't talked to any dumb bartenders. She consoled with her friend right here. She was talking to Jenny Garth or someone else. She was talking to somebody about this. My apologies. You are the worst. Like I said, it was bullet points here for a reason. If you would just read ahead or like anything on your run sheet, you know, just take a look. I'm not with it right now. <laughs> anything. Uh, so Stuart and Brenda go tell the parents that they're engaged, and I think they've only been dating like two fucking weeks, and they're in high school, or one of them is at least. And then they say, Stuart does say, I want to announce it at the party. So here he goes for the spotlights steal. He guaranteed that he would get the yes first, then goes for the spotlights steal. And the, the parents are like, Nah, man, I wouldn't. They're like, I wouldn't. But grandma shows up. Whew. Grandma's all about it because she's like, I'm going to die soon. So fucking give me that. Give me that proposal now. Let's do it. Let's announce it. we got people here. Let's go, baby. We've established that she has no idea how these parties are supposed to go. (laughs) That's true. She has no idea what the the coos etiquette is for a party like this. Um, Grandma goes out, announces it to the party. Dylan and Brandon are in shock. They're like, what the fuck? That Can't guy's. Believe it. I'm cursing a lot now because I'm mad. I'm still doing a nine zero two one zero podcast at this point. Like, uh, hey, I wanted to choose it because it's the '90s, but now I'm just leaning on cursing because I'm so mad again. Uh, <laughs> so, Dylan confronts Stewart about the proposal because he's kind of ticked, and says like Hey, if you ever hurt her, you you know you've you've made a lot of enemies." He doesn't say that, but he's like, "Just don't ever hurt her. Don't." Don't mess around. Basically, you know, so he's doing his thing. Finally, we see the Walsh's ready to cut the cake. Do you think you're going to have a giant cake on your 20 year wedding anniversary? Uh, Redo the whole thing? No, I'm coming up on 10. I'm like, am I supposed to get a fucking giant cake for 10? (laughs) I'm like, I know. I don't know. Now I'm 10 this May. What's what is 10 years? What is that? I haven't looked it up yet. I'll look it up. I think it might be wood paper. No, wood was a few years back. I've already done wood, so I know it's not wood. That's what that giant beaver statue is out there. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. I I love beaver, man. (laughs) I told you earlier in the episode. (laughs) Uh, So then we get, uh, after the cake cutting, Andrea walks out, hits on the bartender. I Honestly, the sequencing was fine. You could have said Andrea. Then, <laughs> Andrea then later goes and talks to a bartender. And Jordan revealed she later marries that guy. Great. I didn't uh, know that. That was another quip from my wife. Yeah. And, and that's great. They hit it off. Uh, I would also say that guy was probably working for tips. So maybe don't take like hitting it off with the guy who works for tips. I
1: was wondering cuz he like, sure got into his life story like I and mean, he was hey, like yeah, he, <laughs> he got <was> a
0: great <laughs> smile, you know, and I was like, well this guy seems like he's working you over like because he wants a good tip from the the party host at the end of the night or if you're going to drop anything on him or yeah, he'd like to hook up with you too. Why yeah. not? If you can come out of here with a, something to do tonight
1: great. He broke the ice with jokingly carding her. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. He does that. That's the same joke. He rolls out to anyone under 40. Sorry. Anyone over any age. He just does it. Hey, can I uh, get your ID see your ID good gracious (laughs) Um, and then we get a real 90s ending. The parents are concerned obviously about Brenda getting married, but they just push all that drama to the next episode. They dance the episode away and then thank God it's over. Uh, Join us next week on Sideshow Frazier. I have no final information here. My final thought is I love teen drama. Teen drama is great. It's hard to pick out one episode of a teen drama and get totally caught up. So I might have to go back. Or just stick with it and keep going forward. You're just going to continue watching from season four, (laughs) episode eight. (laughs) Just pick up season four, episode eight, and this is my point. Now, this is all I know about the characters. (laughs) I will deduce everything else from just context clues or whatever comes out. This
1: is a long after Brenda and Dylan were already dated and just you know, all
0: sorts of all sorts of plot holes here now for you. <laughs> it feels like my only option. I don't know what else to do. It has just started here because I can't go back. I mean, there's already four seasons in and we just I, picked one. I
1: secretly had a fear that I would watch it and be like, oh God, now I have to start it from the beginning and nope, that
0: didn't happen. That's good. I do not feel obligated to start this one because yeah, some teen dramas do hook me immediately and sure. that's probably where you don't want to jump in to season four random episode at a party because you're like, all right, well I don't think this is designed to be a hook-in episode. Yeah. This is probably progressing a few plot lines or resolving a couple plot lines in some areas, but nothing really got its hooks into me about this episode where I'm probably going to go back or anything. That's what happened with me and Jersey Shore. Oh, I don't want to we will never do an episode of Jersey Shore, <laughs> thank God. I can guarantee that now this is a shoreless, no Jersey Jersey-free podcast right here, okay? Just listen to my
1: podcast uh, on... on Cut his mic. Sure, Cut his mic. Sure Next score. week, episode seven score 11, on the Infidel. Shore.
0: Thank you for listening. Are you ready for some Frasier and another TV show? Sideshow Frasier, satchel side Sideshow Frasier.